Hey everyone, welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. As always, my focus is on exploring the intersection of technology and business by having conversations with the most forward-thinking leaders. Throughout my career, I've covered everything from massive parallel processing to advanced robotics, but what truly inspires me are the stories of innovation and transformation. Today, our guest is Tim April, Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Vail Resorts. Tim has spent more than two decades working with Vail Resorts, starting with running a PeopleSoft implementation and now serving as CIO of the entire company. Vail Resorts is a world leader in luxury destination-based travel. And while cutting-edge technology might not be front of mind when you're skiing down a mountain, it absolutely is a fundamental part of the company's strategy. From creating a helpful, informative, and interactive guest experience designed to make your stay a memorable one, to using data to improve operations across multiple resort properties, Vail Resorts leverages tech in general, and connectivity in particular, to great effect. The company and its subsidiaries operate numerous resorts, which presents an interesting challenge when it comes to rolling out new initiatives across different company properties. But Tim loves a challenge. Before I dive into some fresh powder, uh, I mean, Tim's experience as CIO, I wanted to get to know him a bit more. Tim, welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm really jazzed to have you on the show. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited to have this conversation with you today and looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And I always like to get started on this show, getting to know a little bit more about my guest. I'm curious, how did you first get interested in technology? So just a quick background for me. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, pretty big family, but I would say not on the forefront of technology Mm -hmm. (laughs) as as far as how I was growing up. And so I would say pre-college, a little bit of an insecurity for me that I felt like other people were probably further along than I was. The transition for me was I went to Notre Dame and was trying to figure out a degree. And I was really good at math, kind of like science. So I went into engineering and that was really driven by the fact that I just like solving problems. That is something that's interesting to me. And that's really what engineering is all about. I picked chemical engineering, not really knowing what jobs would be in chemical engineering, but it just sounded like an interesting degree and kind of fit this challenge, something new to me, hard to do, but really complex problems to like break down and solve. As I went through my undergraduate degree, I started realizing if I wanted to do like big innovative things in chemical engineering, that would really require getting a PhD to get that kind of flexibility and latitude. And what worked out for me was Anderson Consulting was the world's largest technology consulting company at the time. And they had a huge office in Chicago, which is only a couple hour drive from Notre Dame. And what they loved to do is hire engineers. And then they would train them on whatever the consulting gig was that they needed to do. And that was a perfect transition for me. So I was able to use my engineering degree and go work for a big consulting company, not really even knowing what I was going to be focused on. And funny enough, they threw me right into technology consulting in my first role. And that really got me on this journey that I've been on for quite some time now. 
Wow. It's funny because our backgrounds have a lot of parallels in them. I grew up in rural Georgia and was interested in technology, but the resources weren't really there for me to dive into it. Certainly not when I was going to school. And I also worked for a consulting firm briefly. It's just funny to hear those little steps because I kind of have an inkling into your experience and I love speaking with engineers. So can you talk a bit about coming to Vail Resorts and how your career there got started and sort of your journey throughout the organization? Yeah, so the transition for me out of consulting to being in a ski resort town was an interesting one. (laughs) We were on vacation over New Year's Eve in 1999, actually. And my brother and I decided while we were on vacation that we could work for ourselves and buy a three-bedroom condo, turn our third bedroom into an office, and we could ski as much as we wanted and just figure out how to make a living in the ski resort. So I literally flew back to Boston, quit my consulting job, and drove from Boston to Breckenridge and started living in Breckenridge, Colorado. And I wanted to get really involved in the local community there. So I did all kinds of things that I never would have guessed that I would do. I tutored for competitive high school ski racers for Team Summit. Jeffrey Lyons was the host of a pretty big film festival, the Breckenridge Festival of Film at the time. I got really involved in that. I think I read 150 screenplays in about eight weeks, everyone that got submitted and then helped the judges pick the winners. So I was doing all kinds of things, which is what you do when you live in these resort communities. But there was a disconnect because I had no affiliation with the resort. So I actually went up to the HR office at the resort, which was like a half a mile from my condo, took up my resume. And ironically, Vail Resorts was doing a PeopleSoft implementation and they needed the exact expertise that I had done at Anderson Consulting and knew how to help them. Wow. Well, first of all, Tim, I have to say the description of your career decision there, I think more than merits your inclusion in the restless ones. I don't think I've heard a more restless (laughs) description in all the episodes that I have hosted so far. So clearly you did end up staying with Vail Resorts. You ended up being an integral part of that team. And I'm curious if you are at like a party and someone says, so what do you do for a living? How do you actually describe your job in a way that makes sense to them? There are two parts of that answer. One is everybody loves to talk about Vail Resorts and their experiences as skiers or snowboarders and want to share all the great things that they did and any feedback that they might have. So it's always a lot of fun, actually, to talk about my job because people are so interested and they want to engage and they really want to share the experiences that they've had at our resort. On the IT side, I think it's always interesting. It's kind of surprising to me, but I still get a lot of conversations that view IT as sort of an order taker, back office type of function, and it couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) Nowadays, pretty much any business strategy that's being implemented, whether it's a corporate function or an operational line of business, has a technology foundation underneath it that is critical to actually achieving the business outcomes that those groups are trying to achieve. So the interesting part about my job and my team's job is we get to work on everything. We get to work with every function, every operation, and we get to be a part of developing the strategy and implementing the strategy, both on the technology enablement side and its full partnership and what we're trying to do. So yeah, I still think there's a misconception out there that I get a lot as far as what IT actually does versus what the modern sort of role is of an IT organization. 
Yeah, I think the issue I encounter is that most people's experience with IT is when they have to put in a ticket because something has gone wrong with whatever system they're working on. And so they start to view IT as being reactive and don't realize how proactive IT is. I think that's a great way to kind of segue into talking about technology over at Vail Resorts. On this show, obviously, we love to talk about connectivity, and I was fascinated to start reading about some of the connectivity-based features at Vail Resorts. Can you talk a bit about how that connectivity feature ends up providing opportunities to delight visitors? Yeah, I think it starts with a few things for us. As you probably have seen, we grew through acquisition of a lot of resorts over a relatively short period of time. I think one of the most important decisions we made early on for the North American resorts was to do full integrations. So once we acquired a resort, we put them on all of our systems and processes as quickly as we could without being disruptive. And that puts us in a position now where when we deploy something new or drive an innovation, everybody gets the benefit of it and all of our integrated resorts, which is really powerful. Ski resorts are complex trips to plan. And there's just a lot that goes into it. It takes a lot of time and effort. For us, we're always trying to help our guests do as much in advance as they possibly can. You know, select their pass or lift ticket, book their rentals, book their ski school, think about the F&B experiences that they want to have. So the more that we can get them to do before they show up at the resort, the better experience that they're going to have in resort. However, once they get in resort, there's still a lot of complexity. It could be on mountain weather conditions. It could be what got groomed that night. It could be what trails are open. There are all kinds of real-time pieces of information that are going to help the guest. And if they also didn't do some things in advance, now they're in a situation where they have to do transactional things in the resort that maybe takes longer for them to actually get on the mountain, which is what the experience is that they came for. So for us, the transition to mobile and thinking about the role mobile can play is really once that guest leaves their hotel room, our ability to interact with them and communicate with them is on their mobile device. And that's how we need to make sure that we're getting them all the information they need to have the best experience they possibly can. And then figure out, even if they're making those decisions kind of late in the process, how can they self-serve or get support through their mobile device as quickly as possible to remove any friction points in their experience? And the integrated network of resorts allows us to deploy that everywhere across North America all at once, which is great. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. On the backside, where we've got all these different data points coming in, I'm curious, how is Vail Resorts taking advantage of that technology on that side? Yeah, we've been on this journey of being a data-driven company for a long time. And I think that is also back to the integrated network of resorts is super powerful because we can get input and data from all the different experiences that our guests are having because they don't just go to one resort, they go to multiple resorts. So for us to be able to aggregate that data, it does a couple things. One, it gives us more insight into our guest preferences and what works for them to allow us to communicate with them in a more personalized way that's relevant to them. So that's incredibly powerful. On the operational side, though, we spent a lot of time on how do we make our operations more efficient. And what this has allowed us to do is we now have enough resorts that we can aggregate data, but then also build benchmarking across how one resort's doing something versus how another resort's doing something all within our company. I would say early on in the company's history, there was still a little bit of competitiveness between resorts. They were competing for guests and we worked really hard to get past that. And now we have a culture that's focused on sharing best 
best practices and building benchmarks, building KPIs, learning from each other. And that spans across every operation we have. That could be snowmaking. It could be grooming. It could be working through the parking and arrival process when guests are showing up our resort. What's the most efficient way to actually manage that flow of traffic? So there are all these different opportunities, but I think the power has been the combination of the data and then being able to share that across the resorts to learn what's the optimal way or best way to do something. To me, the ability to collect and analyze data at the scale that we're capable of now, when I first started talking about big data, you couldn't really analyze all that information. It's a totally different world now where we're able to analyze data at scale and start drawing conclusions far more rapidly than I could have envisioned 10 years ago. Yeah. And one of the challenges of the business that we're in is our primary revenue generating season is about a four month period in the winter. So to your point on the ability to aggregate data, analyze it quickly, drive insights, implement them. We're not a typical company that just has quarter after quarter to make improvements. We have a very small operating window. So it is really important that we can learn quickly and implement changes and iterate, be like very agile in our thinking throughout our winter season. We talk a lot about high-speed connectivity on this show, where we talk about things like 5G implementation or Wi-Fi 6. This ability to have high-throughput, low-latency connections. I'm curious, is Vail Resorts exploring that? And if so, in what sort of implementations? Yeah, if you think about our operating footprint, we're also unique in that we have some resorts that are absolutely massive. I mean, some of our biggest resorts, you're talking about thousands and thousands of acres without a ton of infrastructure in it. So the entire 20 plus years that I've been here, we've been talking about cellular coverage, getting our network actually out to remote locations where we can use Wi-Fi as a benefit. So we are literally every single year analyzing cellular coverage and advancements in cellular and working with all the major providers and other partners so that we can extend as much coverage as we can to all the skiable terrain at all of our resorts. So that's an ongoing process and ongoing investment because it just enhances the experience. We look for Wi-Fi in areas where maybe there's a benefit to doing that, which may be a base area or something where people are doing things on their phone that may require connectivity. And then I think the other part for us that's really important is when we think about mobile app design, we have to think about the fact that you may not have great coverage everywhere you are on the mountain on some of our really big mountains. And so we have to consider that in app design. So what can you do offline? versus what do you need connectivity to do? And so we really do emphasize and focus on downloading the app, downloading the critical pieces of data that you need. So it's our goal to get as much connectivity as we can across the board and as much bandwidth as we possibly can for our guests and also design around the fact that we're going to have gaps. Mm -hmm. And also on the behind the scenes side, I imagine that there's a lot of value in being able to collect those different data points about things like mountain conditions so that you can proactively make those decisions that will have the minimum impact on guest experience. And that's where I start seeing really interesting possibilities, whether you're talking about Internet of Things implementations or you're talking about a simple camera setup that is bilocated with like a cell tower. These are things that come to mind when I start thinking about ways of integrating this connective technology. 
Yeah. So I think part of that is having our network extended throughout our resorts so that we can actually be connected to the things that you're talking about, like webcams, snow cams, like the snowmaking system or the grooming system, things like that. So that's a big part of it. The first challenge is how do we get the data and have the real-time information? The second is how do we communicate that effectively in a real-time manner to our guests in a way that works for them? And that's where our big focus is on the new mobile app that we're developing is really having our guests understand there's one place to go. And then the data on guest preferences is important as well, because there's a ton of information, a ton of real-time data. So how do we provide something that's relevant to you that you care about and is real-time? How do we know that about you versus all the information that we could be sending out to all of our guests? Yeah, Tim, you made an excellent point. Access to information is one thing. How do you communicate it effectively is, as we all know, a huge challenge. So that to me is really exciting because having the experience of feeling like your visit has been tailor-made to you, there's no way to put a value on that. So I think that that's one of those things that this technology can really enable. To that end, I'm also curious, I read a little bit about the AI assistant, Emma, Can you talk a bit more about that and what Emma's role is in all of this? Yeah, you know, it fits actually in the conversation we were just having. We have a lot of folks in our base areas that are walking and on mountain that are answering guest questions all the time, right? It's like, where do I drop my kids off at ski school? What's groomed today? Where should I go skiing? All of those types of things. So right now it's more of a human interface once the guests are in resort. And so the idea is, well, how do we use that mobile device, that smartphone to allow the guests to self-serve, which in many cases they want to do. And if they need to contact an agent, that we make it really, really simple for them to get in touch with somebody that has those answers. Emma was also an early adoption of sort of natural language processing, machine learning, AI capabilities. And we used a text-based interface to do it because we felt that the guests could be comfortable just reaching out via text, not having to worry about an app, and we could answer their questions for them. So we learned a ton through that experience, both on how the technology works and what kinds of questions our guests were asking and how we could service them going forward. The plan going forward within the My Epic app is back to the same thing, not sending our guests multiple places, but saying, okay, if you want that information, we have a mobile app for you that has all of these different features and communication methods and a support feature. So I think a little bit more of an integrated approach that ties into this mobile strategy of one place to go for our guests. Wow. Fascinating. I'm curious also if you can maybe tell us a story. I realize that real life stories don't typically have the neat beginning, middle and end, but perhaps kind of walk us through a project as an engineer that goes from perhaps the earliest stages of ideation into the planning and development all the way to implementation and what that looks like at Vail Resorts. Yeah. Again, back on the innovation side, one of the areas that we're always looking at are where are friction points in the guest experience or where are there lines that people have to wade into and what can we do to mitigate that? One of the projects that I think fits into this category of kind of ideation to resolution that was interesting because I wouldn't have predicted the outcome when we started it. The problem statement was for some of our peak days and peak times, we can have line weights that people don't want to wait in at our ticket windows or pass offices. And one of the constraints that we have that are similar to other ski resorts is there are physical building constraints. So you have a capacity limit on how many point of sales can you have open? How many people can you have working at that specific base area? And so we said, okay, well, that's an interesting problem to solve because we're probably not going to build more buildings by next season. So in the absence of that, what could we do? And so we use data. 
So what we did is we said, we're going to analyze all the data and all the transactions. We're going to look at how the wait times vary across different locations and resorts. We're going to understand the different transaction types that occur and which ones are complex and which ones are simple. And then we have to think creatively about how would you burst capacity because you don't need to burst it all the time. There are just certain days and for a couple hours where you need to do it. And we also compared it to our GX data because we know who our guests are that fill out our GX surveys and we know what their experience was at our ticket window or pass office. So we could correlate the GX data and see how impactful that was to the experience. And where we landed was the easiest, quickest way to resolve this is to actually focus on the simplest transactions. So what are the simplest things that we're doing at these locations? And could we create a mobile solution that you could do that same transaction with a mobile device, which would give you the ability to burst your capacity and do it in a way that's so simple for our employees to understand. You could actually have employees from other departments come over, work a one to two hour shift and take a ton of relief and reduce the wait times for everybody, right? And what we landed on was we have a ton of people that buy lift tickets in advance. And what we're really doing in those transactions is just looking up an order and loading it to an RFID card and sending them on their way. And we were able to very quickly design a solution where you could use a credit card or a phone number to find an order, verify it with the guest, and quickly load their tickets or passes onto that hard card and get them on the slopes. And it was so simple to use. It took 10 minutes of training for employees to come over and work those shifts, but it had a massive impact on the ticket windows as well. The GX score results that we saw across all of our resorts was amazing year over year of just that simple impact. And back to the integrated network, the nice thing was we were able to deploy it everywhere and each resort could tailor it based on what they needed to do for their guests. So that was just a really interesting one where I think we probably started out with some ideas. We knew a very specific business problem we were trying to solve, and we let data sort of guide us to what the actual best resolution would be for that next season. So that one felt like a great example of sort of an engineering approach to thinking about a problem and getting to the right solution. I love that that solution is one that has multiple impacts. I mean, obviously it impacts customer satisfaction, but it also impacts employee satisfaction and morale. I think... It's a huge benefit, both for the customer who's visiting and for the people who are working there. And often that last part gets left out of conversations when we're looking at this because we're thinking of it in the terms of someone who's a consumer as opposed to someone who's working behind those lines. Yeah. And two additional points on that. I think you mentioned the employee experience, which is something we're very focused on. I think the thing that was surprising to me was how thrilled the people from other departments were to be able to help out. And it was a simple enough training experience for them. And the guests were super surprised, delighted that it was such a simple, fast transaction for them. It was actually a great experience that they could help out a fellow group. Our entire company is so focused on the guest experience. So anything that we can do to improve that's great. And then the sort of surprise and delight of the guest was just a very rewarding experience as they went through it. And then the second point is this is kind of the impetus for us introducing mobile pass and mobile lift ticket and kind of going back to using your mobile phone. That is one of the things our guests need to do right now is get a physical piece of media, an RFID card for a pass or a lift ticket. And this next season, we're introducing a mobile capability that you can do it all on your phone. And that eliminates that step that you don't actually even need to go get a piece of media if you don't want to. I'm curious about your perspective about what sort of approach does it take in order to secure buy-in from other leaders when you are looking at solutions to business challenges on a tech level? 
I think there are a few things that we've really focused on. I think one is just our organizational model that I think is a little bit unique. I'm not sure all IT departments are structured this way, but my senior leaders on my team are actually fully embedded leaders on the business groups that their senior leadership teams that they support. So my finance director sits on the finance SLT. My marketing technology vice president sits on the marketing SLT. And we have this orientation. And one of our mantras that we use in IT and is a big part of our culture is we're business leaders first. So we're going to focus on partnering with our different business functions to determine what business goals are we trying to drive? What outcomes are we trying to drive? And then we can think about how technology enables it. So I think how you get that buy-in is to make sure you understand the business strategy and the business outcomes first before you just go run off and start implementing technology, because then we're aligned on what our success criteria is and how we're going to measure it. For me and my role, again, this is like the best part of my job is I get to work with all my EC peers on all their different strategic initiatives and that relationship and that partnership that starts with trust and credibility and ownership and accountability is super important. And we spent a lot of time on that. Then the last thing I would say that is critical is early in my career, when I thought about technology innovation, we were just focused on the technology development and deployment. And we would deploy the technology and whatever happened, happened. But we felt good about ourselves because we deployed the technology. And that doesn't work. So now we take a totally different approach. We take a very cross-functional approach that are more programs that we're working on. But they include marketing, HR, finance, operations, guest services, IT. And we all work together as one team to take full ownership and accountability of holistically what we're trying to accomplish. So I think some of those cultural things that we've built in and structural things that we've built in, getting buy-in is not really a topic or an issue because we're partnering from the very beginning on what we're trying to accomplish. And then we have joint ownership and accountability all the way through implementation. Tim, you've hit on stuff that I'm very passionate about because to me, that underlying core of communication is absolutely key to a successful enterprise. Well, we're getting toward the end of our conversation here. I am curious, are there any technologies that you're looking forward to implementing at Vail Resorts? The most exciting transformational thing that I think we're doing is related to My Epic Gear. It's a big transformational rental program, and it's also going to be built into the mobile app so you can do everything within that app. But we really pushed ourselves on this one, which was not to take our existing business and make it a little bit better. Try to like really step back and think about what would a totally different experience be? And then how can we facilitate that with technology? And this is an amazing assortment of the best brands of skis and snowboards guaranteed for the season if that's what you want, or you can try different ones every single day free delivery, slope side pickup. So drop off and pick up to where you don't have to bring your skis on the airplane or you don't have to lug them through the village from your hotel. So like over all these different things are going to create something that's just a totally different experience for both an owner and a current renter. And so I'm really excited to see how that's going to evolve and how technology is going to enable it. We're doing a pilot this year at four of our Colorado resorts. When we do innovation with technology, we do a lot of employee pilots and proofs of concept because we have so many employees on the mountain and they want to be a part of it. And they want to give feedback as part of the experience. And we'll use our employees to refine it before we're ready to deploy it to guests. 
This one's so interesting and compelling. We're doing a guest pilot. So we're actually going to bring guests into the pilot process over this next season and get real guest feedback before we do a full deployment next season. So that to me is really exciting and new for us. I think this level of sort of visibility and transparency with guests going through this experience and, and us trying to learn from them so that we can make it even better for the following season. Before I could let Tim go, I had to ask him one more thing. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Yeah, I share this one a lot, actually, with people, both internally and externally, because it's something I still work on every day, but it ties into this culture and sort of business leaders first mentality that I talked about. I've been with a company for about 22 years in the CIO role for about five And when I was promoted into this role, our CEO at the time told me, think about your role on the executive committee and imagine an external observer came in and sat in the meeting. And at the end of the meeting, they walked out and they couldn't tell that you were the CIO. And the message there was the expectation for you as an executive of this company is to help lead the company, not be a functional expert. So, of course, you have to lead technology and lead the technology team, but your role needs to be thinking about the business and helping to drive the business, which means you need to engage in all kinds of topics and things that maybe are outside of your primary domain expertise. And I think about that regularly, and I think it's something that I'm always working on. Am I living up to that standard? And would somebody actually walk out and be like, well, clearly that was the CIO because he was fully engaged in the technology conversations, but wasn't contributing in other areas. And I think that applies to my leaders. And I talked about them sitting on business leadership teams too. If somebody watched you and walked out, would they know that you were the technology person or would they just see you are a strong leader, fully engaged in the conversations in the room? Excellent answer. Well, Tim, I have to tell you, this Georgia boy who's never strapped a pair of skis on in his life is already sitting there daydreaming about a ski vacation. So maybe someday you're going to see me probably face down on the slopes, but on the slopes. And uh, if you do, you know, wave. I might not see, depending on how face deep I am in the snow, but I'm going to be enjoying myself. Yeah, well, let me know for sure. We'll get you set up. Ah, that sounds amazing. Thank you for joining the show. I greatly appreciate this. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Look forward to talking again sometime. Thanks again to Tim April of Vail Resorts for joining the show. I loved having him on to talk about how Vail Resorts is leveraging technology in innovative and practical ways to improve guest experiences. It's very easy for me to see the value of those initiatives from a consumer perspective. But beyond that, I think Tim's approach to leadership is really inspirational. Valuing each department at Vail Resorts and working with them to identify and then pursue goals that benefit the business overall is something that's clearly valuable on the surface, but often it's extremely difficult to actually pull off. Considering the breadth of Vail Resorts and the number and nature of different properties, I imagine creating that culture and nurturing it is something that will always require work, but the benefits are undeniable. I'm also eager to learn more about the programs Vail Resorts will debut this coming season. I think it's such a clever approach to take advantage of smartphone technology, and I'm excited to hear about how the rollout progresses. I really hope one day to try it out for myself, I just need to learn how to ski first. Thanks again to Tim, and thank you for listening to The Restless Ones. 
Don't forget, we have a great catalog of interviews with tech leaders across all sectors of business that you can explore. And be sure to check out future episodes where we'll have more conversations with leaders at the intersection of tech and business. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Strickland.